0: is real. power in your name. Jesus is real.
1: See, Jesus is saying that reality that if you fall on the stone, the rock who's Jesus, breaking happens. But if you will not allow that, When Jesus comes back and that stone comes on you, it's total. It's a total destruction. And everybody else, if you're building a house, you take wood and you cut it so you can build a house. I mean, on every level, in every area of your life, you realize that breaking ends up being a blessing.
0: Today, Pastor Daniel, we'll share some great insights into the feeding of the 5,000, a miracle Jesus performed during his time of mission on earth. Jesus took the food that had been made available, blessed it, broke it, and then put it to work. The same principle is applied to you. Jesus takes you just as you are, blesses you with his love and grace, and then breaks you in order to make you the most effective you can be for the kingdom. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 14 as he continues his message, Jesus is on mission.
1: Often, when you, we look at the needs of the world, we want to say, "Oh, well, that's someone else's problem. Send, send them away. Let them—they can do it themselves." And Jesus says, "No, no, they don't need to go nowhere. You feed them." And I'll be honest with you: this, this one sentence from Jesus absolutely freaks me out on a, on a, on a heart level because what he's saying, what he's saying to you and I, is saying, "Look, I want you to be on mission." that's what he's saying. Don't dismiss it. Don't shirk your responsibility. Don't send them away. You take care of them. And brothers, sisters, I know many of us, many of us are learning how to do this on a daily basis now. We are saying, look, God has blessed me. How can I be a blessing? I'm not going to try and push away responsibility. Instead, I'm going to I'm going to grab hold of it. I'm going to try and help. Cause I believe that when we go to Jesus, Lord, why isn't, why isn't these things happening? The Lord says, well, because what are you doing about it? I, that's the way God speaks. God says, look, you're worried about this, then be part of the solution. What are you doing about it? But you know what? Let's be honest. We don't want any more responsibility, do we? Is anyone else? I'm there. I'm like, do I really need more responsibility? I mean, really? And know what the Lord says? Yeah. I've given you my spirit. And I've given you my heart. And I want you to really see people. And don't shirk their responsibility and say, oh, it's, it's not our problem. It is our problem. Because this is God's world. And God created everybody in his image. So, brothers and sisters, don't shirk. Work. I know it's interesting. If they'd remember the miracle of the, Cain, uh, of the wine in Cana that we saw last week, John chapter 2. They should have just asked Jesus to meet the need. Shouldn't have they? I mean, Jesus turned water into wine. He should have been like, well, Lord, it's late, but you want to get us some food, Lord? And you know what what happens when we start asking Jesus to do things? He starts doing things. Say, Lord, we want to fix this thing. We see that it's a problem. We're moved with compassion. We want to fix this thing. Lord, what do you want to do? And then all of a sudden, things start happening. Things start happening. But we need to make sure we're not trying to push off the responsibility that God has given us. The disciples didn't want to deal with it. They were like, man, just let them go away. And Jesus says, no, 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 you take care of them. Now look at what happens in verse 17. Then they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them Here to me. Now, notice this. The disciples are a little freaked out because they don't have a whole lot going for them. They're like, this is a huge multitude and there's five loaves and two fish. And one of the other gospels, it tells us that they were barley loaves. Now, barley loaves were a a cheaper, more coarse type of a loaf. It wasn't like an artisan bread or something like that. It was more of like the Wonder Bread stuff of that day. And five loaves and two fish. You know, in that region, in the Galilee region, that was the common staple food of the poorest of people because the Sea of Galilee was there. they go fishing on the sea. Making bread wasn't very, very hard. So the disciples are focused on their lack. But Jesus says, bring them here to me. What does this teach us? That we need to bring what we have to Jesus. Bring what you have to Jesus. See, so often in the way God works, God reframes the way we're looking at things. He, he changes the way we see it. The disciples, we got five loaves and two fish. What's that going to do with some six, 10, 15, 20,000 people? And Jesus says, just bring it to me. Bring it to me. And I believe that that's what God wants to do in our lives because when we look at ourselves when we look at our circumstances our lack of means we always say well what can i really do what can i do and jesus would say just bring what you have to me i think of mother teresa i love that little lady she's rough every time i read her i'm like man i'm getting roughed up by a little short albanian lady who took a vow of poverty. She roughs me up because she says things like, if you want to feed a 100 people, start with just one. You're like, okay. Because it's so simple. It's like, you say, look, I, I want to see the gospel go, get out to, to 3 billion people who've never even heard it. What do I do? And Lord's just like, well, just pray. Maybe just take a trip over there. Maybe... Do an internet search and see who's working over there and start praying for them. Get on their newsletter list. See, we're so busy being like, I can never go over there and I can't speak whatever language and I'm really, I don't really look good in a burqa and all this stuff. It's not really, doesn't really match me. So what can I do? And the Lord's just like, no, 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 listen, just bring it to me, whatever you got. Whatever you got, just bring it to me. Because you know what happens when we bring our lack to Jesus. He does extraordinary things. When you and I bring our lack to Jesus, extraordinary things happen. Look at verse 19. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the multitudes here we go. When you bring the little you have to Jesus, Jesus takes, blesses, breaks, and then gives. Jesus takes, blesses, breaks, and then gives. These four verbs, take, bless, break, and give, occur in all six accounts of the miraculous feedings, both the 5,000 in the four gospel and the two gospels that also have the feeding of the 4,000 as well as the Emmaus meal and all four accounts of the Last Supper including the one in Paul in 1 Corinthians. Same four verbs because Jesus takes, he blesses, he breaks, and then he gives. This is a spiritual principle for us. Jesus takes us, our lives. He takes us and he blesses us with his spirit. If you're here today and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, he's taken you to be his own. And he's given you his spirit. If you're in here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, God wants to take you and he wants to bless you with his spirit. He wants to bless you with his presence. And I believe that you're here today because that's what you really want. You're saying, I want God to take me for his own. I want to be blessed with his spirit. But once God blesses, God breaks us. That doesn't sound pretty at all. But what's interesting is life will break you either way. It's just a matter of, are you a stallion who's wild, who gets broken to be a trophy winning racehorse or are you a wild stallion that gets broken only to be put to sleep? Life breaks everybody. It's just a matter, is that breaking purposeful for God's glory or is that breaking for the diminishment of God's purposes in your life? And so many of us can Testify of the fact that life breaks all of us It's just a matter of how and why And I'm here to tell you that we want You want, I want To be broken under the mighty hand Of the great refiner Who in the breaking process Allows the impurities to come to the surface So that he can purify That's how God breaks a person He doesn't do it because God just enjoys crushing you He does it because he wants the impurities to rise to the surface and so he can take them away. And listen, a good wine is never made by whole grapes. Those grapes need to be crushed. Potpourri never smells good unless those spices are crushed. A beautiful plant never grows unless a seed crushes. This is a, a natural principle. It's a natural principle, but it has spiritual implications for us. Jesus wants to take you. He wants to bless you. Then he breaks you so he can do what? So he can give us out. See, if you're here right now and you're in the middle of the breaking process, it's not for no reason. God breaks you so that he can distribute you more widely. Can you imagine if Jesus just took... Five loaves and two fish gave one loaf to one guy, one loaf to the other guy, five people, and this gave the two fish. Only seven people eat. That's it. Seven people, five with loaves, two with fish. But Jesus, by taking it and blessing it and breaking it, now he's gonna distribute it, and more than five thousand people are gonna be satisfied. And this is God's purpose in changing us. This is his purpose. So that God can distribute you more widely to the world. Without that breaking process, it's impossible. It's impossible. No doubt, Jesus, in his blessing, probably prayed that traditional Jewish blessing over the bread. Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe, who bringest forth bread from the earth. But I'm here to tell you today, brother, sister, Seeker Friend Jesus wants to take you And bless you And by blessing you He breaks you So that he can give you out And that's the same for me But I know there's someone here I don't want to be b- broken by Jesus in, in the book of Daniel it, Or Jesus actually said it Referencing the book of Daniel He said whoever falls on this stone Will be broken But on whoever this stone falls, he will be ground into powder. See, Jesus is saying that reality that if you fall on the stone, the rock, who's Jesus, breaking happens. But if you will not allow that, when Jesus comes back and that stone comes on you, it's total. It's a total destruction. And everybody else, if you're building a house, you take wood and you cut it so you can build a house. I mean, on every level, in every area of your life, you realize that breaking ends up being a blessing. And it's true spiritually as well. Jesus takes, blesses, breaks, and gives. And then look at verse 20 and 21. So they ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Mission results in Satisfaction. Mission results in satisfaction. Notice they all ate and were filled. So Jesus took the little that they had—five loaves and two fish. He took them, he blessed them, he broke them, he gave them out. Right, and everybody ate and were filled. That word "were filled" could be translated "were satisfied." And not only that, five loaves and two fish, now there's 12 baskets of fragments. And a lot of people see it very clearly. How many disciples were there? Twelve. And you can imagine these 12 disciples who wanted to send everyone away, now each one of them is holding a basket of leftovers. I don't know about you, I like it when I get leftovers. That's like yummies for later. Each disciple's got a basket of Leftovers. Why? Because mission satisfies. It results in satisfaction when we are being the people that God has called us to be. Everybody is filled. Everybody is satisfied. And there are leftovers. That's how God works when we are on mission with him. Now, in my last few minutes here, I want to take some time. I just want to apply it to us as a church at large, don't miss this. And I, and I tabled this to the end. When Jesus took the bread and he blessed the bread and he broke the bread and he gave it out, did he just give it right to the people? No, he gave it to the disciples and he asked the disciples to administer the blessing. <laughs> yeah. Jesus likes his friends involved. So, Jesus, in the work of transforming our community and our world, he can just do it without us, but he doesn't want to. He wants us to be involved. So, how do we do this? First, first, it must begin in prayer. Truly being on mission Because Jesus is on mission It begins with prayer It makes me think of Matthew chapters 9 and 10 Because in Matthew chapter 9 and 10 Jesus tells the disciples I want you to pray the Lord of the harvest To send laborers into the harvest Because the harvest is plentiful But the laborers are few And Jesus says okay I want you to pray And then in chapter 10 what does Jesus do? He sends them all out So prayer precipitates mission, and it drives mission. So it needs to begin in prayer. Now, I'm going to close with four quick action steps for each one of us in regards to how do we transform our community and our world. First, I want to encourage you to reject all false dichotomies. Reject all of them. Let me give you an example. People all the time say, why are we so focused on global missions? We should be focused on our community. Or, why are we so focused on our community? We should be focused on global missions. To me, that's a false dichotomy. And here's why. The reason we do local ministries is because somebody did global missions because Jesus didn't die and rose again in America. So somebody left their culture and came to a new culture to bring the gospel here. Right? So we don't do one or the other. We do both. We do global missions so that once we establish churches, churches can do local ministries. And we get to do local ministries here because somebody already did global missions to get it here. Make sense? So don't fall off of one side of the horse or the other. We realize some of you have preferences for local ministries, and some of you have preferences for global missions. And guess what? We do both. We have no problem with doing both. Another one. People like to say all the time, I don't like preaching the gospel. I want to demonstrate the gospel. And other people say, I just, you know, I like preaching, but I don't want to demonstrate. And they put these things as polar opposites that you either preach or you love on people in Jesus' name and you never talk about it. Where does it say that we have to do one or the other? It doesn't, right? We should preach the gospel because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we should live out the realities of the gospel because Jesus changes us to love more extravagantly. So some people I say, I don't like crossroads, it's a Bible preaching church, and you guys are not living out the gospel. It's like, huh? Seriously? It's a false reject all of those. Somebody was saying to me recently, he said, Pastor Daniel, I thought we're trying to pay down debt. Why are we doing improvements on our campus? And I'm like, Well, because you can't stop doing ministry to pay down debt. That'd be like saying, listen, until you pay off your mortgage, don't eat. Like, you're going to pay off your mortgage, so you're not allowed to have a car. You're not allowed to repair your dishwasher, because you got to pay down that mortgage. We do them at the same time. Those are, false, those are two polar ends that we're saying it has to be one or the other. It doesn't. So we have to reject false dichotomies. Don't allow yourself to say, oh, it's this or it's this. No, oftentimes it's actually both together. So reject all those false dichotomies. Second, do what you're passionate about. I believe that in the body of Christ, some of you are passionate about global missions and praise the Lord. Some of you are passionate about local ministries, praise the Lord. Some of you are passionate about prayer, praise the Lord. Do what you're passionate about and don't think because you're passionate about something that someone else is, that they're either better or worse than you. Just do what you're passionate about. And I believe as a fully engaged family, if we all do what we're passionate about, guess what's going to happen? It's all going to get done and then some. Because everybody's going to do what they're passionate about, and God's going to use all of us. Third, appreciate those who do the exact opposite. Appreciate them. When I look at some crazy, wide eyed pioneer missionary, I'm like, man, God bless you. People are going to cultures you don't even can't eat. I couldn't even eat half the food, but they're there. And I'm just like, praise God. But so often what Satan does to try and divide the body is says, oh, well, you think you're cool because you're a missionary and I'm, I feel called to be here in America and you feel like diminished because of it. No, no, just appreciate each other because we're all different parts of the body and the love of Jesus holds us together. So if somebody has a passion about the direct opposite thing that you're passionate about, just appreciate it. Praise God for it. Some of you are radically passionate about justice for the unborn, praise God. Some of you are radically passionate about stopping sex trafficking. Praise God. Some of you are radically passionate about alleviating child poverty. Praise God. And some of you are radically passionate about alleviating adult poverty. And guess what? Praise God. So we just need to appreciate one another. Don't allow yourself to be like, oh, well, that person likes this, and I don't like that, and, oh, and there must be something wrong with them. No, 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 no. Everybody needs to be in the sweet spot with Jesus. Jesus. And finally, and to put legs on Jesus is on mission, we respond, I say this, let's roll up our sleeves and do the next thing. Simply responding to Jesus, roll up our sleeves and just do the next thing. And the reason I say it that way is because for so many of us, as life and ministry happens, at some point we roll down our sleeves. And because of what happened in the past, we don't do what's coming next. And that's like a normal human response, right? Right? where it's like something's gone on, we don't like what went on, we don't like how it feels or whatever. And so what we do is we say, you know what, I'm just done. I'm going to take my marbles to myself and I'm going to stop going. And I'm just here to tell you, listen, until God takes us home, there's work to be done. And I, I'm just like you. I wake up every day just like you. I peel myself out of bed. I put my pants on one leg at a time. And I just say, Lord, just give me the grace Just to do the next thing But what I believe is that God appreciates all that we've done yesterday And he celebrates how he's used us yesterday But today's a brand new day And his mercies are new today So I want to encourage all of us In transforming our community and our world Because Jesus is real Let's just roll up our sleeves and just do the next thing Because there will be a next thing You know what happens after the next thing? There will be a next thing And our job is to simply respond to Jesus by rolling up our sleeves and just doing the next thing.
0: Jesus is real. Being a part of the mission of Jesus is part of being his follower. Today, Pastor Daniel encouraged you to join in all that God has to advance his kingdom. There's plenty to do both locally and globally. Pray about where God wants you to serve. Figure out where your passion lies and then roll up your sleeves and jump right in. No matter how big or small you think your contribution is, it's worth it to be part of God's mission. Hey everybody, Pastor
1: Daniel Fusco here to tell you about my book, Upward, Inward, and Outward. You've heard me talk about these three directions for living again and again on Jesus is Real Radio and I think they're so important I wanted to write a book to explain even more. Upward Inward and Outward teaches you the importance of developing a right relationship with God and how that teaches you to love yourself well. From those two healthy relationships can spring a well of love for people around you, and that's what transforms our world. Find out more and get your own copy at jesusisrealradio.com.
0: Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will share some core values of a believer and follower of Christ. These include trusting the God of the Bible, celebrating the growth of believers, remembering that everyone's in progress, and loving even when it hurts. These values drive the ministry of Jesus Is Real Radio, and Pastor Daniel encourages you to make them what fuels you in your own walk with Jesus. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series, Because Jesus is Real, We Respond. Until then, may God bless.